and stupid girl. Time to say hi to Chairman Vines. How are you doing? Uh, I take strong exception to be called <laughs> garbage, but other than that, I'm good. You like the chairman, though, don't I you? I like the chairman bit, yes, yes, that's good. Chairperson Vines. Chairperson, yes, let's try and get that right. A few things to talk about today. There are. Well, let's let's just rehearse where we are. Oh yeah. Because it is a long running saga with with the payments of fifty million bucks to uh, the former chief no, executive. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Long, please. By, by UGL, the investigation. Let's just run through it because the more you run through it, the more you see something, you know, pongy going on here. <laughs> so um there's been a four year Four years, note that, investigation by the ICAC. They've apparently left no stern unturned. This is followed by a report that's produced, is delivered to the Department of Justice, and within one day, within one day, the Department of Justice says there's no case to answer. And because the public are really concerned and interested in this, they issue a three-line statement basically saying, no case to answer. That's the end of the matter. So there's so many things which are wrong with this. Number one, it is a bit, you know, iffy and whiffy that they came to that decision quite so rapidly. It is extraordinary that, given the fact that it it involved one of the most... Well, in fact, at at the time, of course, the most senior official in the HKSAR government, that there wasn't an independent person brought in to review the evidence and, and pronounce on it. And number three... There is no reason on the planet why a detailed explanation could not have been given. Ooh, that's As wrong, it that's... has been in other instances where the uh, Department of Justice has decided not to go forward with, with the prosecution. So then we, get, then we hear <laughs> that the person responsible for the Department of Justice, by the vaguest of coincidences, has gone off on holiday. Yeah. She should remain nameless. That's Teresa Cheng, who, who's decided, well, you know, really urgent. And, and what I love is the way the bureaucrats deal with this. Oh, but she put in her leave application a month before. You bet now, she did. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes, I mean, it could have been several months before. So she's not there to answer the questions. It then goes to LegCo. Now, remember, a legislative council's job is to provide, and I I know this is is a joke nowadays, but it's supposed to be to to provide accountability um, to the public for what is happening within the administration. So now, of course, that that the pro-government camp runs all the committees, has a majority, they just sort of decide. So it comes up at the relevant committee, and the... um, chairperson of that, Priscilla Leung, instantly says, well, I don't think we want to discuss this. I mean, you know. But I tell you what, tell you what, tell you, we could have a general discussion. What about a nice little general discussion about, you know, um, parameters for, for forwarding prosecution? I mean, this is an abysmal, an abysmal abdication of responsibility. They're there. They are supposed to be bringing the administration to account. So now you've got a situation where the the boss of the Department of, of <laughs> Justice has gone AWOL. The, 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 the legislators who are supposed to be um, holding her to account have decided that... Uh, 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 holding to account, I'm not quite sure what any of that means. And, and the public totally in the dark. Now, it is entirely conceivable 
that, that there are good reasons for this decision. But, you know, as long as you behave in this very, very suspicious way, not one person with half a brain is going to believe them. Mm. What are the consequences of this? Actually, they're enormous, because if you don't think that the Department of uh, Justice is carrying out its work in an impartial and fair manner, it doesn't just apply to C.Y. Leung charming fellow that he is it applies to absolutely everything else and there is this impression you know now we heard that that you know the boss of huawei is entitled to three passports whereas the rest of us only get one you know there is this growing impression that this administration just just says one law for the rich one law for the powerful and one law for the rest of you scumbags uh, speaking as a scumbag, yeah. I'm not happy with that. State registered one. <laughs> I'm a state registered. I am a qualified scumbag. I'm uh, noted. I, I wondered if there was a feeling over the. Did you say five years? Four, mean, four. Four. They, yeah. Yeah. There, there must have been a feeling. Um, we think this is going to go away. We hope this is going to go away, but it actually hasn't. Did you think it would go away? Objectively. I, I, I assumed that that would be the objective. The question was how it was going to be done. Yeah. I didn't. Even I, and sometimes I'm a little bit cynical, not on this programme, but elsewhere, I, even I didn't think that they would be quite so blatant as to simply issue a three-line statement. There's no case to answer. No, next, not, not, not going to bother. I thought that they would be a bit more sophisticated. They would put up a whole... I actually thought they would smother this in information, go, you know, well, there's questions here, there's questions there. But on the whole, on the whole, because we've taken a very measured review, you know, we've decided we're not going to do anything. That's what I thought they would do. Mm. But apparently now... I suppose because they're so cocky, you know, they've got all the LegCo in their pocket. There's no way that those people are going to question the actions of the government anymore. Mm. They just think, hey, tell you what, we'll do it because we can. I know, that's right. That's the very simple reason, <coughs> isn't it? It's always the reason. But, you know, in, in the meantime, you know, Hong Kong's reputation for, for the independence of the judiciary and the, the, the continuing... Um, independent functioning of the legal system is put into doubt by things like this. Mm. And they just don't seem to care. I mean, that's what I find terrifying. And the idea that the person who's in charge of the department should, at a time when there is a major report of major public interest, simply say, oh, I'm in holiday, I can't do anything but about it. But then that's it. why you're an acting Secretary <laughs> of Justice, don't well, you? Well, that, that indeed is the case. There, that will be one way around it. But I also holiday. feel that the boss ought to be there, you know. You know, the buck... It, it, here we go again. The buck stops nowhere. Mm. It's like at the MTR, you know, the chairman of the MTR goes before the Commission of Inquiry and he goes, well, I, I can't be expected to know what's going on in the corporation. I'm the chairman. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I thought that was good. I thought, well, well done, Mr. Mar, Freddie. You, you've and we didn't, the, look, we didn't we, watch him much anyway. We didn't <laughs> watch him much. And anyway, I don't understand all this technical stuff. So I've got, I've got people and... Trust me, they're all scumbags. I know, I've, I've seen them, they're all smelly. I'm going to flip a coin. I reckon this will go away. Let's see, let's see. It will, even if it goes away, there will be what we call the lingering aroma. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, it sort of links into almost everything you want to talk it, about it, this it, morning. It, it, sure. <laughs> Talking of MTR, I mean, that was back in the news. Apparently some couplers are broken. Or yeah, something. well, this is, the, this is the scandal on the platform. I mean, it, it is absolutely staggering. As the independent 
inquiry, which seems to be very diligent in its work, goes about its business. All the people in, uh, in charge of both the MTR and the main contractors, Leighton, their, their main argument <laughs> seems to be, well, you know, um, how, how do you expect us to know what was going on? And I'm thinking, gosh, what's wrong with that? Yeah. It's, it's gone bananas, hasn't it? It's gone, yeah. gone, through, gone through the roof. This. Is it fair when people say, well, it never used to happen, the MTR was a wonderful stellar <coughs> company? Well, I mean, you judge it by the evidence. I mean, was the original MTR structure constructed in such a way as to give rise to problems like this? I think the answer is no. There were years when nothing happened. I well, mean, you could hear yeah. crickets when it yeah. came to that bit of the news, couldn't yeah. you? You, you, you... I mean, what's what, what we have now is, you know, signalling problems, they then get a fine, and then they go, oh, well, that's the fault of the Serbian contractors in, in Westphalia who provided the switches and, you know, nothing to do with us. You've got the, the scandal over the construction things, you've got the delays, you've got the costs overruns, you've got the way and all of this is yet to come out i mean the way they act as a landlord because of course that is their main business now their main business is no longer running a railroad see this is another example of something that might just go away because it's the, the public's being bombarded quite rightly by the journos and the news organization they're covering this story but you it's 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 unfortunate it, when you that see one i think is slightly different because um the majority, well, I don't know, I'm taking a guess, but I think it's the majority of people in Hong Kong actually use that service. Well, yeah. So, you know, people do care about it. There's got to you be know, a... people were very, very angered yeah. by those signalling delays because literally hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people in Hong Kong, probably up to a million-odd people, couldn't get to work. Mm. There's got to be a name for this this thing that happens in the news. You know, when you see all these nasty sort of suicide bomber stories, one, 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 you get desensitised to it. You turn you on do. and, and it doesn't... That is the problem. That it... is indeed the problem. You know, oh, only a hundred dead. Oh. That sort of thing. So the newsboys yeah. have a job to do. Yeah. But they're anaesthetising us. You know... You know they always say in the news business, you know, 100 people dead doesn't matter, but get a good story out of one person. You know, personalise it. Yeah. The, the little kid. I, I mean, I'm sorry to sound cynical, but it is true. Yeah. Unless you can put a face to these things, it's very, very oh. hard. Yeah. To, you, you know, you've got... I'll just give you an A4 example. This staggering situation in Yemen at the moment, where basically the population is being starved... People are dying in droves because they can't get medical treatment. And you say, well, why isn't that in the news every day? And the answer is because it's happening every day. And people, first of all, they're not quite sure where Yemen is. Why are they dying? Is it, you know, uh, uh, oh, it's all too much. Let's go and, you know, listen to the rantings of some idiot with orange hair on Twitter. <laughs> Let's talk about another not-in-my-backyard story that I think is going to become a comedy barom barometer to be watching. Well... Yes, so here we have... Oh, are we talking about the new Karl Marx cartoon? Um, that's one if, of them. That's one, well, let's just talk about that, because I like that. So, <laughs> in, in the People's Paradise, uh, incidentally, which is where the Greater Bay Area is, I did want to get that into the programme before we leave, um, they've decided that, that the youth of today are not entertained enough by Marx and Engels and dialectical materialism, which, incidentally... Is, Dialectical materialism. I mean, it <laughs> is natural cartoon material. You know, you can imagine Mickey Mouse saying, Hello, Marx, what's up today? Yeah. And Marx is going, Well, you know, the dialectical materialism. I think we can now talk about this in terms which everybody can understand because of the struggling masses. And, <laughs> and, and, why we are at it. 
What about the struggle against Hegelism? Yeah. So you can imagine kids sitting in their back rooms going, wow, Some of that. hey, mum, can I have a bit more of this? <laughs> I mean, it is wonderful how on the mainland the, the propaganda machine and the people are like, a, a word they use a lot, the people, they generally mention the figure 1.4 billion, um, are so disconnected. I mean, the idea that you would force-feed kiddies <laughs> with dialectical materialism and the, the adventures of Karl Marx and, and Friedrich Engels, lovely fellows, nice beards, I'm not doubting any of that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just wondering what the storyline would be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can get Mrs Marx coming in the morning, Hey, Carl, what do you want for breakfast today? Don't talk to me about breakfast. Women's struggling masses are already <laughs> not having eggs. It's 20 minutes to 11. Still in with Steve Vines for a Thursday. Steve, I just want to get a couple of uh, couple of lines here from Dave. He said, uh, they've, we're talking about the MTR. He said they've spoken to the main contractors on the MTR, but have they spoken to the labourers, the so-called ethnic minorities, uh, who were involved in the installation? So have they gone yeah, right can down? Yeah, can I just say to Dave, that's a dangerous road or track yeah. to go down because they may well be the ones ending up taking the, <laughs> taking the blame for all of this. I mean, they, yeah. the, these shameless people are supposed to run these big corporations. They sure as hell are brilliant at you know, passing the buck. Yeah. It's interesting, that one, because Dave, Dave actually says ethnic work teams, <coughs> and of course a load of these guys, yeah, they are, and that's true. they will know nothing. Yeah. They, well, they were, as they say, just following orders. Yeah. They, they didn't direct how the platforms were made or, or oh, what have you. absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, on you go. Well, um, talking of just following orders, so it looks as though, in fact, we know it, it for a fact, that the um, task force on land supply is going to report any day now. Oh, yeah. um, it, it's a bit sad that Carrie Lamb's already made her mind up about land supply before they've actually reported. But nonetheless, nonetheless, um, they have done the work, they have spoken to a lot of people, and it's being extensively leaked. Actively. As actively leaked <laughs> what's in the report. And so... <coughs> what we hear, uh, the very good news is that of all the many, many people they've spoken to, the least favourite option is for digging into the country parks. So I hope the government doesn't take that as a green light to dig into the country parks, just because people don't want it. But it does look as though they're going to finally address this thing of whether or not the Great Fanling Golf Course is, is cut up and some of it is used to provide public housing. What seems to be the case is the bits of the golf course that are nearest to public transportation which is where you build public housing or any kind of housing for that matter may well go but you know call me slightly cynical some quite influential people are members of that club that's why i said barometer <laughs> so let's see i mean you know a thousand people say let's do it and one or two say oh yes but you know where am i going to put my rolls royce i mean you have to listen to those people don't you because they're worth a thousand average joe citizen yeah what about that what about these guys who've done the research onto the so-called brown sites? so here's the other yeah. thing so there's two things you've got the 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 land supply report which hasn't come out but but they seem to have leaked what it will say then you've got the uh, this Libra research group <coughs> <coughs> who's looked into, apologies for that, looked into this He's whole... carried away, Steve. I'm overexcited, you know, because the Greater Bay is expanding. Um, they, they've looked into these brownfield sites, and the government, apparently, is telling Porky's left, right and centre. First of all, they're saying, 
according to them, that there's only 1,300... Well, only. There is 1,300 hectares of this. Lever researchers um, found over... Um, 1,500 hectares available in, on green, uh, on brown um, fields, isn't it? Brown yeah. fields, <laughs> or whatever you call them, for development. Then, of course, the bureaucrats have done their favourite thing: is oh yes, but think of the difficulties. You know, the heavy moving equipment. They say, well, actually, only four percent of this land is occupied by this heavy equipment, so that's not a problem. Yeah, think of the difficulties, Steve: the heavy lifting equipment, the triads, the triads. <laughs> the yes. So let's get down to basics here. One of the reasons why why Carrie and the Minions are so keen on building new land rather than using existing land, i.e. building new land off Land Tower, Mm. phenomenal sums of money, (coughs) is because they don't want to confront this whole issue of the the countryside triads. They want just, they think, well, (coughs) let's create land where, where it doesn't exist. It's easier. It's a bureaucratic solution. It's very, very expensive. Mm. Oh, and by the way, let's lie about how much it will cost to redevelop the brownfield sites. We're going to have a music break, so Steve can have a water (coughs) break. Back in a sec. Seven, eight, nine, ten. The bigger on a trip, what you all come in with a little bit of this and a little bit of that. You can get what you see, you can see what you get, and I bet that you are a little bit excited. If you read an autograph, honey, I can write it. I got girls for what under planet, some call Whitney, some call Jenny. I got a girl in Paris, I got a girl in Rome, I even got a girl in the Vatican Dome. I got a girl right here, I got a girl right there. And I do it like day by day in Africa, America, Europe, and Australia, Asia, Canada. I take them all to Maria, India, Arabia, to the coast of Germany, all around the planet. You can be my fantasy. I got a girl in Paris. I got a girl in Rome. I even got a girl in the Vatican Dome. I got a girl right here. I got a girl right there. And I got a girlfriend everywhere. I got a girl on the moon. I got a girl on Mars. I even got a girl that likes to dance with the stars. I got a girl service will now be resumed right we were talking about reclaiming land we were talking about brownfield sites golf course etc etc i think this is a barometer i think this has got the magnifying glass on it because they're going to be saying all right then you want to you want to get some land back let's do it on your turf and i think this is this would be i know this isn't fair maybe but if you want to say that that you want to create more land and you want to do it in a way that that 
doesn't disadvantage only poor people because mm-hmm. that's usually what happens it is. is they say public housing let's build a lot of it very close together it doesn't matter if there's any daylight between the blocks because the poor don't deserve better so if you want as an administration to send out a signal that also the rich will contribute to this i.e people and remember a golf or course is, is is a leisure facility it's not even where they live i mean they're still <laughs> going to live in their very nice houses with lots of space around them they're still going to be driving around in the biggest cars that you can imagine all those sort of moving buses that, that they seem to like these days mm-hmm. but you know they occupy an enormous amount of land for one game remember Sorry, isn't it a game? I, I thought Didn't that's it. what it was. Ruins a good walk. Ru- ruins a good walk. <laughs> so they they occupy this vast expanse of land in Fanling, and if the government wants to signal that they will have a policy for everyone, why not take a bit of that land, particularly a bit of land near to public transportation, yeah. and say, I tell you what. You can still have your, you know, you can still kick your balls around or whatever they do, <laughs> bat them around. I've never understood what they do yeah. with those big sticks. And, you know, some somewhere in this mixture, we're going to demonstrate to the people of Hong Kong that we don't always axiomatically have a policy that preserves the interests of the people with the most money. Is that total fantasy land to think that would happen yep, maybe it maybe it is let's have a ps on this from another listener who says many of the brown sites they could bulldoze here and put nice green grass on but instead we get lots of fly tips in the country in the new territories from the new constructions he says which are built for china chinese which nobody is living in at the moment he says i'm angry yeah well i mean you know as someone who lives in the new territories i i know what brown sites he's talking about and it is true they're tips and they are, but remember, they're always tips owned by somebody. Oh, yeah. And what those people, and a lot of them are Cook members, are doing is upping... Well, much. apparently, you know, one in 3,000 isn't, so, you know, that's, that's fair. Yeah. But what they're doing is they're upping the ante. So there will be a price at which they'll let them go, because they're not sentimentally... <laughs> they're not sentimentally attached to these pieces of land. They're, they're financially attached to these pieces of land. So, you know, the government comes along and says, well, I'll tell you what, we'll give you 100 bucks per square foot. And they go, no, 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 no. Oh, and by the way, we don't just want the 5,000 per square foot. We want the right to build a little palace down the road. Going back to ancient times. <laughs> because, you know, it's our, it's our, it's, it's our heritage. It's our, you know... I mean, remember, people must never forget that Hong Kong is the only place in the world where you actually have one section of the population has the right to free land to build... Blokes. Men. (laughs) Can't give it to women. Don't be ridiculous. Men. A very small percentage of the population in a densely packed place has the right to free land. I mean, where... In any terms of rationality, can you continue to justify that? You can't. One more for the road, Steve. One more for the road, and very quickly, I have to say that this business that's going on with with Canada and China, this hostage diplomacy that China decides to, you know, you take one of ours, we'll take three of yours. You know, for a country that says we're now going to be a major player in the world, to go back to these thuggish tactics, Mm. this is the old Cold War type of hostage diplomacy this is the sort of thing that the iranian regime um engaged in 
during during the very early days of the Ayatollah's rule. You know, most countries have moved on from that because mm. it's considered vile and unacceptable. I'm staggered that in 2018, almost 2019, the Chinese leadership thinks it's a good idea to play the game of hostage diplomacy. Oh, of course, I should add, in the interests of balance, we may not know that that's what's going on.